You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far, he'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it! Well, hello there, and welcome to Dave's Corner Garage, coming to you semi-live after a great weekend. And uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Well, first off, we have Terry O'Keefe here and Amanda Reiser, and they're from Omvik. And we've got some serious questions for them, such as when uh, you're doing a trade-in, well, how they value a trade-in. That's one of the questions we're going to ask. The responsibilities of everybody. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk, talk about that. Uh, exceptions to the rule of all-in pricing. I like that one, too. So if you've got a question about buying a car or leasing a car... These are the guys that have the answers. And if you already own a car and it's breaking down or going to break down or you have a question about maintenance or uh, what do I do to make it ready for winter, uh, well, you, like you, that. you can call the show. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, we got two contests. One is the immediate. If um, the folks from Hard House are doing a play called uh, Spelling Bee. So we've got a bunch of tickets to give away. So if you're calling in and you want to go. Do they have to spell a word like to win the ticket? Yeah, exit. Okay. <laughs> Dave, Dave has another contest called Reading we'll And call. we're giving away uh, rustproofing and tires and all that other stuff. So you've got to go to the website, davescornergarage.com. It's really entry, inter, inter, it's easy to enter. Cheat <laughs> in that way. I left my tongue. I know in there's the, a spelling bee. You would have failed the, the you know, talking bee. There. I left my tongue in the other suit. Okay. <laughs> Which one is that, from Walmart or what? <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Say the magic word. With okay. <laughs> All right. The bottom line is go to the, go to the uh, forget about it. Okay, I'll take us right, on. Great. And if you dial that magic number, you will get a chance to come on air with us. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're wacky. We're here, and we'll be right back. <laughs> All righty. We're back to Dave's Corner Garage. The garage door is wide open. I am uh, Dave Renninger with Alan Gelman. That would be me. Amanda, Terry O'Keefe. And we had, today we have our audience back. Studio audience is back in, <laughs> in the studio. Steve. Steve is back. And yes, so... we are. We are back. <laughs> I'm speaking inside of a can, it sounds like. Anyway. There we go. Alrighty, I got notes from Amanda last week, and it says we're going to talk about trade-in tips. Mm-hmm. So trading in a vehicle versus selling it privately, both are both pros and cons. Terry, how do we answer that? Well, I think what the biggest uh, decision the consumer is going to make is, am I going to trade it in, 
or sell it privately. You'll probably get more for the car selling it privately, but you get all the headaches that come with that. Yeah. You know, meeting people, trying to get payment, making sure the payment is secure. If you trade the vehicle in, there's a big benefit. It's easy, it's fast, and there's also tax advantages. Uh, if your trade-in is worth $10,000 and the car you're buying is $25,000, you're only going to pay HST on the $15,000 cash difference. So you're going to save $1,300 in HST, which might make it just maybe that's the what you would have got extra selling it privately. So it's going to be easier to trade that car in. But there's some other things that consumers, you know, want to know. What's my car worth? Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's some things that you can do. There's a, you know, go to CanadianBlackBook.com. It'll give you an idea. But uh, something else you might want to do is, you know, take it to one of you folks and mm-hmm. get it appraised so that you know if you're getting, you know, fair value, if that dealership is offering you fair fair value for that trade-in. Well, sure. The other thing you are to consider, too, when you're trading your car in is is what kind of condition it is in. And, and of course, if you're going to have to certify the car, which you will to get the most value, well, if you're going to have to spend money to do that, to, to spend $1,000 to make it pass a safety certificate, to only get $500 more than that on the trade-in, you might as well just give it well, away. there's more than that. One, it's like selling your house. You've got to have it clean all the time. You've got to find a buyer for it. That's the second one. And then how safe is it? You know, if you're well, exactly. a that's you know, selling f- a car. There are I, security getting, concerns, absolutely. Sure, right. I'm getting texts. Somebody wants to come and see my car at 10 o'clock at night. And, yeah. uh, you know. And I've heard of situations where they go for a road test and don't come back. <laughs> the, the, it's tragically, it has happened. You're absolutely right. Um, so if you do decide, I'm going to take the safer route, I'm going to trade that vehicle in, mm-hmm. there's some things that you should know. Uh, when you trade it in, make sure that you point out to the dealer any recent repairs that you've had. If you've put new tires on it, mm-hmm. new brakes, because that means their reconditioning costs are going to be less, maybe you'll get a little more for it. Mm-hmm. And once you do trade it in, before you turn over the keys to it, there's a couple of other things that you should do. There's a lot of personal information stored in our cars today. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, they're so heavily computerized. So you want to make sure that you, you know, delete home from the nav system. Mm-hmm. You know, delete the garage oh, door yeah, opening codes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, delete your phone book because it's all paired to your cell phone. So you, if, you, if, if you leave home programmed in it and your garage door opener is programmed in that car, it's quite possible someone, whoever buys that car, Drives by. Yeah, let, let me go home and let me open your garage doors and get in. So these are some of the things that, you know, we didn't have to worry about 10 years ago, but today's vehicles are so computerized. There's so much personal information stored in our cars that you want to take those steps before you trade it in or before you sell it privately. Now, one of the things, I have to be honest, some of the guys that are leasing cars are turning back speedos and stuff before they go back. And the question becomes, how honest are you going to be when you're selling your car? Exactly. You know what? We had it the other day where I, I had to tell someone that they're going to need a transmission in their car. And just normal driving, it would never be felt. Now, is there a responsibility on the person trading the car in to admit to that? Absolutely there is. It is the law in Ontario since 2010 that if you trade a vehicle in, the dealer is supposed to fill out a trade-in disclosure mm-hmm. document yes, yeah. or, the, or have the customer fill that out. Yep. And so they're going to ask you, has it been involved in an accident? Mm-hmm. Does it require repairs to major components? You know, uh, did it come from out of the province? And the reason why this is required is because dealers are required by law to disclose those things when they sell the car. Right, so it's a dealer's advantage because he's going to say, well, the person who traded it signed these papers, and as far as we all know, and, and we drove it, we never felt anything. There wasn't a problem. And so there is a responsibility for the consumer, obviously, when they're completing that trade-in disclosure document, to, to, to complete it, you know, uh, truthfully. Yes. 
Can the dealer come back to him because you lied? If, if, it, if it was actually a case of a lie, not a I didn't know, but a, a lie, yes, the consumer could be, could be responsible, could be liable. Yes. I mean, like uh, a flood car. Abs- absolutely. And to Alan's point about rolled back odometers, you know, I went on Kijiji last week. There were 14 people advertising services saying, we'll roll back your odometer for you. Yes. And so if you are thinking about buying a car privately, right. know that this type of thing is going on. You know, if a dealer sells a car with a rolled back odometer, it's a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, it rarely, rarely happens because the penalties are so severe. But buying cars privately today, it, there's, you know, we know about curbsiders, <clears throat> excuse me, but we've got just legitimate private sellers selling their own car rolling back their odometers. Now, you know, one thing that we noticed was we we follow cars on Kijiji. They advertise, you know, two, 125 Ks, and you get there, and it's 225 Ks. Oh, it's a typo. The idea was just to get the people to come down. They figure they'll switch them over. So there's a lot of, like what you were saying, most of the stuff on Kijiji or a certain percentage are curbsiders. Yeah, so one in four ads that are, look like a private sale, yeah. are placed by curbsiders, these illegal unlicensed dealers who pose as private sellers. Uh, very often these cars are coming from salvage auctions. Very often they have rolled back odometers. People think today's cars, it's difficult to roll back an odometer. It's actually not. For you know $400 in eBay, you can buy the reprogrammer and, and do it. And so it's, it's really, really careful cons- consumers thinking about buying a car privately that they learn them, learn how to spot it, learn how to spot curbsiders, and educate themselves because well, it, there are no protections. The reality is this information is available on, on CarProof or Car, Carfax, that if there's a mileage written down, there has to be consistency in the mileage and things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot out there. you got to be, be careful. But at so, the end of the day, like you say, you know, you can do your homework to try to know these things, but most people don't. So if you have a mechanic you trust, take it to your own mechanic. Then, you know, he's the guy who knows cars. He can check it out for you, and that way you'll be able to sleep at night. And it's funny, the independent mechanics have higher ratings of trust and, uh, and service better. Well, that's another than, show. <laughs> than, than, you know, the franchisees. Anyways, we've got to take a break. Alan, take us out. Yeah, you know, if you missed any of our shows, just go to our website, and you can download our podcast. It's free. Amanda, you could go there and watch us, you know, having fun on a regular basis. You go to davescornergarage.com and you will see us there. I think we're going to do a naked show. And if you've got a car care question (laughs) and care whether the host has pants on or not. (laughs) My grandkids do that. Dancing with your pants. (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, We'll be right back. Alrighty. By the way, if you want to enter our contest, you can do it on your cell phone. Just pick it up, davescornergarage.com, click the button enter, and away you go. That's easy. Yeah. All right. Speaking of, we're going to go to Fred now and call in from Mississauga. I've got a question about a new car purchase. Is that right, Fred? No, sir. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm planning to uh, to uh, to buy a uh, a Hyundai Santa Fe. Okay. It's a 2017. Now they gave me three choices. The one is. 2.0, the one is 2.4, and the other one is 3.3. Now, I really don't know anything about uh, the engine. So can you give an advice about that? I, I, I used to ride. Oh, I thought you were talking about their, the, financing. The, the financing rates. <laughs> so sorry, what uh, is it? And also the uh, the engine how, size. The engine of the car, like, because I, I drive like 100 kilometers Okay. Well, we got expert here, so what do we say, expert? Well, generally speaking, you know, the smaller engine is going to give you a little bit better fuel mileage. Right, but it depends on what you're looking for. Do you want fuel economy or do you want power? 
So the 3.3, for example, the 3.3 is a V6 engine, so it's going to be more powerful than the 2-liter. There's no question about it. So where do you uh -huh. drive mostly, on the highway or just around the town, in, in the around city? Around the town. Well, then, then I would go with the smaller engine. The 2-liter will be fine. Excuse me, you didn't ask the right question. Are you towing with this vehicle? <laughs> Sorry, sir? Are you going to be towing anything with the car? No, no, no. Like no. towing a boat, towing a trailer? No, no. 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 Okay. And uh, the other question is, are you, are you quick on the highway or are you, are you, you relaxed on the highway? I am uh, just good, highway, not right. quick. But... Yeah, the smaller engine. I would go with the smaller engine. It's going to give you a better fuel economy. All righty? Right. All right. Okay, sir. All right. Okay. Thanks for calling. Hey, great call. Love All it. All right. Super. And uh, tell you, that, that's a nice vehicle of Santa Fe. Now, what would he do? Like, they offer different rates. That's, that always blows my mind. Like, I just leased a Cadillac. And I could get $1,000 off for a different insurance rate and all these different stuff. It's so confusing. It really is. Financing is a, is a huge topic yeah. right now. It's one that's attracting a lot of attention. Governments are interested in, in looking at it because what's, what's happening with, with financing is we're seeing longer and longer terms. Right. This was started back in 2008 when leasing disappeared. And so manufacturers were looking for a way to put people into new vehicles for a price similar to a lease. And the only way they could do that was to extend the financing term to six, seven, eight, even nine years. Right. But this is where people get complacent and they don't do their homework or realize what they're doing. I mean, they walk in and what do they call it? The the, the monthly payment, they get used to that? That's right. Monthly payment junkies, the, we refer that's to them it, as. The junkies, yeah. Exactly. But they forget <laughs> that at the end of the lease... They're going to be in the ditch. Could you explain what in the ditch is? Well, it's upside so, down. Yeah, in other words, it's upside, upside down. Upside down, <laughs> neg we, negative equity. There's yeah. an oxymoron if ever there was one. Mm -hmm. So I take out a loan for eight years. Let's say the car was $30,000. After four years, and I do, I, I live north of the city. I commute. Mm -hmm. I'm putting, let's say, 40,000 kilometers a year on my car. So after wow. four years, it's got 160,000 kilometers on it. Warranty's long gone. You know, it's maintenance costs are going way up. I got, you know what? I want a new car. I say, uh, and You're I want sick to, of it. <laughs> I want to trade it in because I took out an eight-year loan. I still owe sixteen thousand on that vehicle, but it's only worth with that high mileage. It's only worth seven. Uh oh. So where did that ten thousand dollars go? Right. So I got nine thousand yeah. dollars in negative equity. So when I buy my new car, let's say it's another thirty thousand dollar car. Right. I still owe nine on the other one. Mm -hmm. So my new loan's going to be thirty-nine thousand dollars. And this starts to snowball. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing consumers trade, you know, negative equity, roll it into the next one, then roll some more negative equity, even a third time now. And so we're seeing consumers with twenty to $30,000 in negative equity. And at a certain point in time, for most of us, that becomes unsustainable. Well, exactly. You've dug a hole so deep. How are you ever going to get out of it? You, well, you can't. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and so what happens is there will reach a point where you won't be able to refinance. The bank is going to say, no, you can't yeah, roll that right. much more in. And, of course, there are... Second mortgage. Well, and there's <laughs> other serious things. What, happen if, what happens if you write that vehicle off? The insurance company is going to pay you what it was worth. They're not going to pay you what was owing on your loan mm -hmm. unless you've taken out, you know, Wait a, a second. We have a question a from the audience. The audience product. wants to comment. Audience has a question here, seriously one. You're talking about refinancing over and over again. Do you see a point where, like it is with mortgages now, you may have to go through a stress test? I think that this is one of the things that the government is looking at. I think, yeah. you know, there's talk. And we're not economists at OMVIC. You know, we regulate vehicle sales. We're not economists. But there is talk amongst economists. Is this a bubble similar to the mortgage uh, They're bubble, saying that. That's but, the next bubble. But maybe smaller. But it is. it could potentially reach a tipping point where people simply aren't going to be able to afford vehicles. They're predicting that the next bubble will be in used cars, that uh, especially in the states where they do buy here and pay here. 
these are cars that have been way overinflated because the people are desperate, so they take advantage of them. And there's been cases where the same car has been sold seven times in three years. Absolutely. It was some of the deep subprime uh, situations. That absolutely does happen, unfortunately. Uh, Just something quickly I just wanted to mention. You know, with Madoff, I was just reading this the other day. It's today is the day that Madoff's uh, victims are getting their money back. The government's paying them back $772 million. They're getting back today. They're getting restitution from the government? Yeah, they're getting back. They they collected 75% of what he had uh, That's pretty good. But this is what works me up is it was nine years ago that this whole thing started. I can't believe it's been nine years. They get interest on that money? No, but they get back (laughs) almost 75%. That's pretty good. Not bad. I think that's pretty good. Better than nothing, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and, so, and better than that guy who's dug a hole where his car has four hundred thousand kilometers on it. Well, they can declare bankruptcy. Well, that's right. You go you to know. a debt consolidation guy. That's another business. Yeah, <laughs> they'll declare bankruptcy, or somebody will reassess uh, all their loans into one big one, put a second mortgage on the house, or you, you start, start pir- all over again. Yeah. Well, or you start your own pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn that, but I can't figure it out. Yeah. So our our, our advice would be shop for a car, not a payment. That's a good idea, yes. All right, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Darren from Salem because you know what? It's that time of year again, and it isn't Christmas. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage, Canada's number one automotive show. Today we want you to call in. Why are you yelling? I'm sitting guests. right beside you. <laughs> and uh, right now we're going to go to Darren Boston, who's calling in. He's from Salem Tires. Yeah. Darren, how are you? I'm doing well, Alan. Yourself? He's so Excellent. excited this morning. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I know what's going on down there. Too much coffee. I, <laughs> I believe exactly, so. exactly. Extra caffeine. So you guys must be going crazy shipping tires. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm sure you're seeing it too uh, at uh, your facility. But yeah, it's been. Uh, I guess since basically Wednesday, it started a little bit, and then Thursday it just went. Uh, it broke loose. Exactly. You know, I often wonder. We try to get people in early, um, but I think everybody was caught off guard this year with that. Just that couple centimeters of snow. It's all it takes, and it. Uh, I think you, you you well know if it happens on a weekend, it doesn't really have the same effect. But if it happens during any kind of rush hour in or out of the city, yeah, it uh, gets everybody scrambling for the uh, tire dealers. Oh, it did. I, you know what? And I think it got the city workers off guard too, because even even the <laughs> even Young Street was an ice skating rink apparently this week. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I don't know if it was even forecasted. I think they we knew it was going to get cold, but wow. It, uh, when I left uh, work on Thursday, it was uh, basically cold. But then as I came up the mountain, uh, up uh, the escarpment there, it got uh, turned to snow, and it snowed basically all night. Well, you know, again, listen, just going on that cold theme um, and, and traction, tell people why they should buy winter tires. Well, basically, uh, every I think a lot of people know now, and if they don't, uh, I'm going to inform them, I guess. All season tires are meant to work uh basically seven degrees and up. Uh, the rubber starts to get uh, harder in the colder uh, colder temperatures. The tread designs are more geared towards, uh, um, you know, quiet ride and, and performance in the, in the summer. Uh, winter tires are designed opposite of that, where they're designed to stay soft and supple in the winter. Uh, anything below uh, seven degrees Celsius, right down the, the negatives, it stays soft and supple. The tread design is designed to, to give you extra bite and traction. A lot of people think they don't need uh, winter tires because oh, I can get started. I got an all-wheel drive, etc. It's not so much getting started, which can is definitely part of the safety, but it's more stopping. It's the stopping it's exactly, and this is where all-wheel drive has no difference. 
you know. Uh, Darren, we got a question from the audience. Okay. Uh, Low-profile tires react differently in the ice and snow? Um, they don't necessarily react differently. Uh, they definitely are more rigid uh-huh. uh, when you have uh, low-profile tires. Most people will go, if you've got 18, 19, 20-inch tires, most people, if they're going to change over to winters, not always, but they'll go down a size and get a larger uh, sidewall, so a, a higher profile. So they don't, they, you can absorb some of the shock from the potholes. Exactly. It gives you some, a little bit more cushion uh, to do that. Also, if you're in uh, northern Ontario or you know in the north where they get a lot of snow, it kind of lifts the car up out of the snow a bit more than, say, a low profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. If you're too far on the ground, if your so, tires aren't touching the ground, you're not going to have any traction. We have a question for you. Speaking of traction, Dave, yeah. we got Dave in Toronto's got a question about braking on ice. Dave? Oh, hi. Uh, um, I just wanted you, uh, your opinion on uh, Thursday night, uh, you know, middle of the night uh, when they had that uh, Steels Avenue was just a skating rink. So mm-hmm. I was driving along 60 kilometers. And nobody's around for a kilometer either way, so I deliberately was braking the car, and uh, it seemed like I was just coasting forever. I felt like the two front wheels were locking, uh, were locking, and maybe not the rears. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I do have snows on, but they're about six or seven years old. So my question is, is it possible? It's either the, uh, either the, uh, the, the rubber on the snow, uh, these snows are. Uh, they're gone, or is it maybe the brakes need adjusting? That may, I felt the rears are maybe not uh, lock, locking. Great well, question. Dave, that's a great question. Darren, you're the tire expert. Um, you know, normally people are looking at the the, the depth of the tread. You know, you the tread get the age. But does the composition of the rubber change over time as well? Uh, it, it will a bit, and that's why we talk about storing your tires properly. As long as they're mm-hmm. stored properly inside, um, not in direct sunlight, etc., right. uh, it'll last. You know, definitely usually longer than the tread, uh, the, the you know, the actual tread depth will last. So uh, for Dave, he definitely wants to check his tread depth. By the sounds of it, he's fine with tread depth. As long as he, you know, stick your nail into the rubber, it feels relatively soft and supple, you should be fine. And also based on how he stored them. Um, you guys can cover it, probably answer the brake part of it. But, you know, yeah. you're still going to get a bit of slide with ice. Uh, on ice with snow tires, uh, or even in some cases snow, um, you can't. Depending on your speed, how aggressive you're braking, etc., is all all factors that play into that. But you're still going to get a little slide. The big thing is, is if you had all seasons on it and you were braking, you would have slid probably two or three times as far as you would have on the on the winters. Yeah, you know, and Dave, the the car is set up that 65 to 70 percent of the braking is on the front wheels because as you brake, it all moves forward, and they do most of the work. That's why the front brakes are always larger than the back ones, or the front are discs and the back are drums, because they're the ones that are doing all the work. So, so the drums in the, in the back seem like they, they were still rolling. Yes, they would drag along. It's, the reality is, is that most of the braking is always done on the front end instead of the back end. But anytime there's a question about brakes, you do want to get them inspected. Yeah. How old is this car? Oh, 10 years old. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt to have a look at it. Maybe the linings have gotten hard, and maybe the or the shoes uh, have gotten you know crispy, and don't do actually have a, a, a good coefficient of friction. Crispy? Yeah, crispy. Crispy. <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. <laughs> well, a smart car needs new brakes. But a ten-year-old car, you see, there's a valve on the back called a proportioning valve, and there's a spring underneath there that sometimes rusts or falls off, and you, as a driver, may not know it. There's not going to be any warning light on the dashboard. And that's going to affect braking. It, it, it adjusts the balance between the front and the rear. So those are all things that uh, 
bring to your mechanic's attention, take it in, make an appointment, yep. have those brakes checked, and probably need service anyways, right, Dave? I have a question. When did a snow tire become a winter tire? Um, I, I think you were down south when that happened. You probably, you probably didn't get the memo. <laughs> because even he called, David just calls them a snow tire. I call them snow tires, but they're not you know, the winter I, tires. I, I'm uh, I'm guilty of it as well. It's it's you know it's something that we always called them uh, back then. We're trying to change that to winter tire because at the end of the day, as we've said before, Toronto doesn't really get much snow, or there's yeah. parts of Ontario that don't get much snow, or even BC. But it's the temperature that is the big factor as well, right? Versus, yeah, versus the other one. And besides, yeah. there's so many different brands of tires. Well, there's, there's like four different types of tires now versus summer and winter. But, you know, we have to move on with the times, you know. Okay, it's Darren, like, thank it's you. It's like you used to call the wife the ball and chain. I don't think you could do that oh, anymore. No, no, that's not ex- that's socially unacceptable. <laughs> there you go. See, you can learn. We are so full of good information here on our show. It never ends. All right, Darren, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you guys as well. Thanks very much. Okay, Salem Tire is salemtire.ca if you want to get on the website. And you can win a set of tires too. And a couple of things I have to tell you just before we run away. All coupons. If we owed you a coupon for Crown, everything got mailed, even Dean and Woodstock. And the other last thing is go to our website and join our contest. We'll be right back. <laughs> Alrighty, we're back. And uh, we're going to talk to Terry about something he doesn't even expect. How did Albrecht get going? How did it actually start? 1997 wow. uh, is um, when Omvic began, and the uh, then uh, Provincial Ministry of Consumer and Commercial Relations. They 555 Young Street. That's it. <laughs> they were responsible at the time for enforcing the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act, right. and they created this creature called a Delegated Administrative Authority, way more information than you wanted. Uh, and there was three of them. There was Omvic, and they set Omvic up to regulate the motor vehicle sales industry, and then there was RICO for real estate agents and TICO for travel agents. Oh, okay. And OMVIC, you know, it, its mandate is consumer protection. Uh, we do it by registering all dealers and salespeople, inspecting all dealers. Uh, we have a complaints line. If a consumer has a problem with a registered dealer, it's a free service that we can try to help. Sometimes consumers, you know, if, if we're unable to help, they're dissatisfied, but it's important consumers know that OMVIC doesn't have the authority to compel a dealer to conduct a repair, give back money, take back a car. Uh, so sometimes if we're unsuccessful, the consumer thinks, oh, OMVIC is broken or it's powerless, uh, but they might not understand that there could be things going on behind the scenes because one of the other things OMVIC does is investigate and prosecute. Uh, so there could be an investigation of that dealership. The dealership could get charged. They could be disciplined. Uh, OMVIC could even issue a proposal to revoke suspension in serious cases. Uh, right. Sorry, revoke registration. Now, you, ju- you actually closed a couple of dealers. One was the Sioux, I think. Yeah, just recently we used our authority to shut them down on the spot, one in Sault Ste. Marie and one in North Bay. Both these dealers were taking vehicles in on trade. Uh, consumers were financing the new car. The dealer was supposed to pay out the lien on the trade-in, yeah. and they didn't. So the consumers ended up with a loan for their new car, and they were continuing to make payments on the car they had traded in. Wow. This is clearly totally unacceptable, totally unfair. We shut those two dealerships down and the consumers who were harmed by it have made claims to our compensation fund. Uh, so far, the dealer in the Sioux, there's been 16 claims mm-hmm. that were paid, $263,000. Wow. There's another nine pending for the next me- next meeting of the uh, comp fund and we're anticipating even more. So it's unfortunate it happened, but because these consumers actually did buy from a registered dealer, they've ended up being protected. That's the secret, right? If you buy property, 
privately or on your own, you got to go to court. That's right. If you bought privately and the car had a lien on it, you're going to have to try and find the person who sold that car and take them to court. Whereas in this instance, because the consumers, it's as I said, it's unfortunate it happened, but because they did buy from a dealer, they have been protected. What's a timeline? I phone you up and I say, i got a problem. What would be a timeline for you to actually get involved in my problem? Well, the first thing our complaint handler is going to do is to give you what they would refer to as some self-help advice. They're going to ask, have you written to the dealership? Mm. Have you talked to someone other than the salesperson? Because we want to make sure that you've tried to, to solve the problem, obviously, well, exactly. on, on there your are, own. Sure. I mean, there are some, just a, it, it just happens by mistake. And there are reputable dealers who, who want to fix it for you. Absolutely. And very often it's finding the right person at the dealership right. who, who can help you. And you could even ask our complaint handler, can you tell me the name of the general manager or of the dealer principal? That's public information, and we can certainly provide Sure, especially it. with you know with uh, social media these days, people want to have a clear name. They don't want to have someone talking trash about them. Right, but if that doesn't work, mm-hmm. if you send that letter and it doesn't work, then come back, talk to the complaint handler again. They will open a file, and we will attempt. We we refer to it as a conciliation service because we can't order it. As I said, it's not a mediation service; it's conciliation. But we will work with the consumer, contacting the dealer, and try and find a a, a, a reasonable solution to this problem. Interesting. Okay. With that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going strictly to the phones, and we're going to be answering questions online. Yes, we've got Grant Mississauga who's got a problem with his Ford. We're going to try to fix that. Hey, right turbochargers, and we're going to be talking about gearing and transmit. Oh, we'll be right back. So much to do. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. This is Dave's Corner Garage, Canada's number one automotive show, and we've got a couple of special guests today in the studio. We have Terry O'Keefe. And Amanda Reiser from OMVIC. Thanks for coming in, both of you. Always a pleasure. Amanda, how do we get in touch with OMVIC? So if you have a complaint and you want to reach OMVIC, you can dial 1-800-943-6002, extension 3942. No, no, you got to do it real slower. (laughs) (laughs) One more time, a little slower. 1-800-943-6002. Extension three nine four two. Perfect. Are there, and are there prompts on the on the, when you call in? There is, no. but that's actually the direct line to the complaints team. Whoa, yes. okay, that's a good yeah. number. Or you could go on the internet at www.onvic.on.ca. And if you spot a curbsider or you think you've encountered a curbsider, you can contact the anti curbsider line, which is one eight 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 no curbs. Six six two eight seven two seven. You have a special. So 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 a bunch of guys like jump in their car and and, and drive down to the corner and, and try well, to. Terry's a member the, of the, 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 the Hawaii the Five O theme plays in da, all the cars. Da, 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 yeah. da, and and da, I should remind da, da, you that Terry's a member of the Gun Club, right? <laughs> 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 I love it. But the reality is, even if you call in, there's a prompt that'll take you to wherever you have to go. If you're calling for a complaint or you're a dealer looking for information, or you want to know if the guy's actually a registered dealer. That's an excellent point. There's some great resources on the website. Yeah. You can find out if your salesman, the dealership, is actually registered. You can find out if they if they have been disciplined, if they have been charged. Uh, and there's also some really, really great car buying tips. Uh, so many people spend so much time researching what car to buy, but not how to buy it. And there's some great information there about how to buy it. Even things like delivery tips that uh, yeah. that uh, a lot of people might not have considered. Good stuff. Alan, right. And, and, and if the salesman's name is Shifty, you, you don't want to deal with him. <laughs> All right. Speaking of shifting, we're going to go to Grant in Mississauga, 
who's got a problem, a reoccurring thing, I think. What's going on with that? Hi, guys. Hi. Um, it's a 2016 Ford Edge front-wheel drive, 3.5. Three uh, I believe it has a six-speed transmission. Okay. I've had the car new since uh, May of last year. It has 7,000 K on it. I've had it back to the dealer three times now. And what's your what's what's the issue? What do you feel? The issue is you're uh, particularly noticeable on the highway. You're driving at uh, cruising speed, we'll say 120, 110. Right. And then you let off the gas because of the traffic slowing down. You step on the gas again. It's hunting for the gear. I believe my feeling, which the dealer doesn't seem to give me any feedback on, is that it's still in the sixth gear, and it's not sliding back into the fifth gear. Uh-huh. So, but if I put it in the standard shift part of it, use the tachometer, at 3,000 RPM, it runs through every gear fine. Um, does that thing have a, an overdrive lockout, or is it shift? Uh... No, it doesn't. It has a, it has a paddle shifter, right. and it has a, an S shift and a drive shift. Okay, okay. I Wait. think the most important thing here is that you're going to have to go on the road test with someone from the shop. Yeah, that was my next step to do with them. It's due for an oil change, which is supposed to be covered by the dealer, and I was going to try to make an appointment to have the tech or the service rep uh, come with me for a ride. Exactly. I mean, the whole idea is to con confirm, you know, to see what it's doing, and then you have an idea. As a matter of fact, my, my daughter had a very similar issue with her, her Infinity. She said, Dad, my car is vibrating and shaking, and, and over the phone we had no real idea what it was. Um, but as soon as we started driving, we saw it was the same kind of thing. The transmission, you see, they want the transmission to shift up as quick as they can uh, to give you a good fuel economy and to meet, you know, cafe ratings. And, um, but sometimes the, the program can get funny or the actual, in her case, she needed a whole new programmer inside the transmission. So, again, you've got to get it confirmed by the guy at, this, at, the, um, at the repair facility. And then once they do that, they could probably fix it. Now, if you're not getting any, you know, if you're not getting anywhere with that guy, we know a guy who's at East Court Ford, okay? East Court Ford? His phone number is 416-292-1171. You're going to ask for Mark. He's the head of service department there, and uh, he's helped many a uh, caller before. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Lots of luck. Have a nice weekend. And Thank you, you too. All right, you hear that music? That music means we're going. That means go. we fixed another car. Yeah, remember, this is the. You know what? This, this is not many car shows in Canada. <laughs> well, this is the number one though. We've been on the air almost eighteen years. I can't believe it. And nine of those years, Matt has been in jail. All righty, we'll be right back. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and this is our last break coming up. So if you want to get a question in, you better hurry. Care to state your opinion about something you heard on the show? Contact Dave and Alan at davescornergarage.com or express yourself verbally. Hey, lady, you want to keep it down? I am on the phone here. By calling the Dave line anytime at 905-567-5500. Hi, I'm Jim Matthews, president of Lease Busters. Do you need to get out of your vehicle lease? Do you want to take advantage of a great deal on a new car? Has a new car caught your eye? Do you want to avoid early termination fees? If you answered yes to any or all these questions, go to leasebusters.com and we'll help. And if you're in the market for a brand new car, go see my friends at CarCostCanada.com. Their members get the best price on new cars and trucks sold in Canada, hassle-free. Why wouldn't you want the best price and no hassles? Join now. It's better than free. Alan Gelman is living proof that a nice guy can finish first. Say your car has the bounces. You might suspect the suspension. First, I'd pull over and then call Glen Allen Motors. What if it won't start? What do you do then? 
First, I'd call their towing service and then ask for Alan. What if he's busy? He'll make time for me. He's such a nice guy. You see, looks aren't everything. Alan Gelman of Glen Allen Motors. The nice mechanic drivers think of first. Book your next appointment at glenallenmotors.com. <laughs> I love that commercial. That's We're so fast and honest. Glen Allen Motors. <laughs> I thought that was your brother was fast. No, he is fast. I'm the honest one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bob Latsu has been in the car industry forever. He was the president of General Motors. He was the president of Chrysler. He was everywhere. He can't Pre- keep a job. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lutz predicts that future autonomous modules won't o- will not offer any human control. In other words, people will not be driving cars after uh, in 20 years. Exactly. 20 Every years. car will be autonomous. Yeah. Uh, what do you do if you're a farmer and you got to get your truck out? <laughs> well, you I just, don't believe that. I think maybe in the big cities, but not. You would not just tell that. your tractor to go plow the. the, the and plow, Amanda reminded me of this. Amanda told me that uh, uh, Uber is going to be offering flying taxi service. So, in other words, if you got to get across town quick, you phone the Uber airplane, they pick you up and flip you to the next location. It's going to be like the Jetsons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, really you good. mean one of those planes could land here on Jefferson, here in the heart of Liberty Well, they probably Village? like a you know, half helicopter, half plane sort of thing. What are you going to have, traffic reports from airports? Yeah. It's a little busy over the Don Valley Park. Nope. I mean, over the Don Valley. Down, Dallas, Fort Worth is where they're going to start, uh, which I think is really phenomenal. If you want to um, Meet George go and see a show called Spelling Bee, it's at Hard House. And uh, let me know. Just text me on my phone, 905-567-5500. Don't call me. Text me only. There's a trivia question for Al. Al? Yes, And I'll see that you get the tickets. Sorry. Give us uh, four bars of the Jetsons. Meet George George Jetson and his little dog, Ruffy, too. I don't know. Oh, come on. I was a Flintstone. His son, Leroy. I was a Flintstone. Jane, his wife. Yeah. I was a Flintstone guy. Daughter, Judy. We had, we had yeah. a black and white TV. It didn't mean a whole lot to us. You know? I always, always say, you know, if the Leafs are going to win, they got to show it in black and white. If that's the last time they ever won something. Yeah, they're playing well this year. They Anyways. Um, what else was I going to tell you? I'm just going through my notes. Not everything else is good. So I bought a car. I went through the whole routine. And on purpose, I gave the guy at the business office a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> what was your experience? <laughs> It actually was a good experience, but he was trying to tell me. They, you have to understand when you're buying a car and you're you're all beat up from the salesman, they send you to the F and I office, which is now called the business office, and they try and sell you uh, tire insurance. You know, if your wife scrubs the curb and she gets damage, you got insurance. What do you mean, your wife? Like what, you what, never you, you never hit the curb? I've driven never with you. never you hit it all the time. Actually, four tires. Wait, our next caller is Barbara. Let's go live. <laughs> <laughs> then they were trying to sell gap insurance. We should explain what that is. That's one of your issues you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, so if there's negative equity yes. on the car, gap insurance will actually, you know, let's say the car did get written off, the yes. insurance company pays out X, but you owe Y, the gap insurance will pay that difference. That's correct. Then there's another one called walkaway insurance, and that one is if you lose your job or were retired from your work without your permission or whatever. You just can't afford to be retired from work yeah. without your permission. <laughs> you involuntary on unemployment. <laughs> I think they called it involuntary unemployment. That, that, that insurance will actually cover your, your payments and all that stuff or pay out the car if you had to. And they actually – we had a meeting with that. It was a really fascinating meeting, right? Then there was protection for the paint, protection for the seats, protection for whatever. Uh, what else was there they were selling? There, there was a list like four or five different items that they were trying to sell. And so my, my recommendation – I'm certainly not going to comment on any of those products. Yeah. But consumers go in to buy a car 
and they know they want that car. And then they're presented with all these additional options. Yes. And they're not sure, do I want this or not? So I would say, you know, if if you're unsure, don't sign the contract. Do it, take, you know, get the information, do your research for 24 or 48 yes. hours, and then go back and make that decision. We often hear from consumers who have bought all those additional products and then afterwards go, if I had known, I might have gone in a different direction. Is Correct. there no cooling off period? There is none. No, you sign the contract, you own the car. Really? There is none. And that's another thing you should talk about. You've signed the contract, you own the cars. doesn't mean you go to another dealership try and get a better deal. And we do hear from, from consumers who have done exactly that. And uh, we have to explain to them uh, that there's no cooling off period when you buy a car. That, you know, there is when you get door-to-door sales, 10 days, gym membership, 10 days, water heater purchase, 20 days. When you buy a car, it is a final binding agreement. Right. So don't sign that bill of sale unless you're certain you want to take that car home. Right, exactly. And and the, the other side of that is don't let them run different financing uh, through different uh, organizations because every time there's a question about financing and they check your, your score, the score comes down. <clears throat> That's right. I mean, dealers do a good job of providing financing. They yeah. can often provide financing at rates, be- rates better than banks. But sometimes they'll send your application to multiple lenders, and that can have that detrimental yes. effect on the credit rating that you're talking about. Yep. You know, there was a story in the media not too long ago about long ago for a gentleman out in Alberta whose credit rating went from something like 750 to 630 in one day because the dealership in Alberta had run his credit 10 times and his mortgage was coming up for renewal and he then couldn't renew his mortgage because wow. his credit rating was so poor. And it really wasn't. It was all these multiple credit apps that had been run. Can he not explain that or get Equifax to explain that? Well, uh, but he was going to have to go through that process and it wasn't going to be easy. So it's important that a consumer ask the dealer, who are you going to send my credit application to? And I don't want and, to send to... And if you are going to send it to more than one, can you please show me the offers? Because I want to make sure I'm getting the best financing that was offered to me. Okay. Uh, Amanda, thank you for joining us. Again, just the OMVIC website. The website is omvic.on.ca. There you go. Again, Terry, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, guys. And Alan, as usual. It's a pleasure as usual. And make sure to get your car in. The nasty weather is coming. Yeah, it is. Don't no excuse, even though it's going to be warmer at the end of the week. Well, if you know how to drive, you know, you really don't need them snow tires. Yeah, a couple of sandbags. I've heard every excuse under the sun. Salt in the back of the trunk and you're good to go. By the way, I want to thank Sebastian because the show wouldn't work without an expert behind the board. And I want to thank the audience for bothering us. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. (laughs) Good night, Dick. (laughs) Good night, Shane. (laughs) Drive safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.